Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. But today, we have a special show for you. We've got Ernest Pugh coming on. He's done some great things. He's doing some great things. And he's um, within the he's a major gospel artist. Um, he might not consider himself major, but I consider him major. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's done some amazing things, and we're going to talk about some of the things he's done. We're going to talk about the sacrifices and struggles that it takes to build a music career, no matter what genre you're in. And we're going to talk a little bit about his story. So, Ernest, I guess we heard you last, so I know you're here. So, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm great, man. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. It's it's definitely our pleasure, and my wife is normally on at this time too, but she's um, messing with the baby right now. We got an 18 month old um, little daughter. Oh yeah, and um and she she's getting the process of getting her down, so she'll probably be on when we're five minutes in or so. But um, we also oh, got an eight year old, which you'll hear from him oh, later because we always let him come on and ask one question to each artist. Oh wow, okay, awesome. <laughs> so as we get started here. I always start the show at the same place, no matter who's on. How has COVID affected you, and how are you maneuvering with your music career on this? Well, you know, it's actually allowed me to sit down, take a pen, take paper, and write (laughs) a book on worship. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been doing worship for like 30 years or so, so it's really making me focus uh, on more creative things, I'm doing more oh, wow. content, and when I say content, I'm recording more videos with me to send mm-hmm. out to be a part of worship. So I've, I've really been able to hone in on a lot of things that have been inside me for a long time. I'm able to bring them into manifestation. Oh, uh, that's like we, like I was telling you before the show, we launched this January 3rd, and our plan, original plan, <laughs> was, you know, 80 to 100 interviews first year because we thought, you know what, if we did 100 interviews first year, that would just be more than most people do in their first year as a host like we are doing. Yes. And, and and then COVID happens. And I told Sandy, I was like, you know, I, I, we, have, we have a lot of artist friends. I was like, you know, um, this could be our year to shine. I was like, artists need a place to talk because everything's being canceled. I was like, we're going to give them that. And I bet artists that normally wouldn't come on our show, being new, bigger artists would come on. And we just decided, you know what, we go all out, and you're, I think you're our number 209 for the year. Oh, wow. That's a lot. <laughs> so we just decided to go all out, and here we are, you know. <laughs> God is good, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Because, <clears throat> I mean, I've had people tell me, that, you know, God can't get – because, again, you know, we don't always – most of our artists that we come on are, are country artists. I mean, we're trying to expand to be more than just country, but we wanted all genres to come on because I think it can still honor God in its own way. Absolutely it can. Yes. I agree. <clears throat> so as we really dig deep here, can you tell everybody a little bit of your backstory Kind of how you got started, and how you know how did God lead you into this crazy career? <laughs> <laughs> and it definitely is that. Well, as early <laughs> as the age of eight, uh, I'm a PK, so I grew up in church. My great grandma prophesied mm-hmm. on me when I was about eight years old. I always was a singer, a crying singing baby. And uh, one day she called me to her bedside. She was uh, had renal kidney failure and called me to her bedside um, to do what she calls soothing her like how mm-hmm. David did with Saul. And um, yeah. 
it, it was amazing that she prophesied that at eight and around about twelve, thirteen. I was recording. I mean, like for, with professional choirs around the Memphis area. Fast forward, uh, while in the military, uh, I just got prophesied that I would literally go to the nations to lead worship, and it started happening so much. So I retired from the military oh, wow. for twenty years, went straight into ministry, and boom, I had my first hit about six years in. Man, you know, that, that's unusual. That's God. Yeah. And I had a hard time. I was trying to get signed to labels, and I was rejected <laughs> from about eight labels. And uh, that's the oh, number wow. of new beginnings. I had a meeting with my mom. I said, well, Mom, I guess I'm going to be in the military, you know, forever. And then I'll get out, and I'll do something with law enforcement. She said, no, I, God has not changed his mind. I want you to pray about uh, signing yourself. <laughs> Just finance your own recording. And that was the number mm. eight. I thought that was significant that God was like, I don't oh, want wow. you to do it man's way. I want you to do it my mm. way. And so we did it. And all eight of those companies that rejected me once I got my first number one hit, they were coming to me, oh, are you signing? Do you need? I say I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you good now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we think that's really funny now. But those ones who rejected yeah. me, um, it's kind of like with Jesus, the cheap. He was the rejected stone, but he became the cheap cornerstone. You know. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny about this whole about the whole when God says go. I remember when Sandy and I first married. Um, October will be 18 years. I was one of these people wow. that I wanted to be a speaker. <clears throat> That was, I mean, I only listened to audios all day long. That was, that was me. I was one of those wow. people. And Sandy was one that would listen to music all day long. I mean, that was her. So we marry, and it, when we're in the car, what do you do, you know? So we had to compromise, learn to compromise really quick, and we'd listen to half of my stuff. And, half, and so I always joked that we brain, she brainwashed me in all this music stuff. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, she loves that part, though. And um, But it's funny how God works because – all this time, I, I I had my ideal of of what I would do, and here it is, 18 years later, almost 18 years later, we started a show that we felt like God was leading us towards, and I'm still getting to speak. It may not be in the way I thought. I'm still getting to speak. She's still in music like she wants to be, under the banner of the Chris and Sandy show. Oh wow! <laughs> God does all things well, you know. <laughs> Because that was one thing that we believe is, you know, when two people marry, that God has a purpose for the marriage, yeah. not not just kids, but the marriage itself. And we feel out, you know, that if you can have two different passions, but if you'll listen to God closely, there's always a way for you to for you to combine those passions into one where you can run under the mm. same banner. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> but everybody wants independence. That's yeah. You know, that's one of the you know. I, I'm sitting here out here because we're twenty. We've been a twenty four seven couple since the day we married, and um, we can't imagine life any other way. And we don't preach that people should be twenty four seven. But I'll be honest, watching our society, and I'm talking Christian now, independence is the killer of marriage, and I'm mm. seeing that left and right. Come on, that's really God never good. created us. You know, God never created us to be independent. He created us to be interdependent with each other. 
and there's a whole and, and and you watch this independent. I mean, I remember I met her online, and I really thought God told me we were going to meet online. And I met her online, and I went through like two, three hundred people to find her. And I remember because because I, I like I prayed to God like you know well how am I supposed to know? I mean, there's so many people because this is back in 2002, and I felt like He said you'll know. And I'm and I had one qualifying question. Because I didn't want the independent spirit in my life. I just didn't. You know, the, you can be independent with someone else. That's fine. And, I, and I'm nothing against that. I didn't want right. it in my marriage. You know, and so my one question to each art. Now, granted, you had to be, of course, um, Christian. That was always a base. But my question was, if it were possible, would you consider a 24/7 marriage to build a legacy together? Oh, I got called all kinds of I got called all kinds of names over that one, all kinds of names. <laughs> and I mean, I got called stupid. I got called naive. I got called controlling. I got called. Yeah, I even got called. Oh, you want utopia? And that ain't happening. Well, not only did I find because because I, I remember when when I asked her that, I I'll never forget her answer. She said, "I've never heard of that kind of marriage, but if that were even remotely possible." That would be mm-hmm. awesome, and here and here we it are, awesome. almost eighteen years marriage. Wow, only God. Yep, exactly. And here we are with you, only God, because again, just so much can happen <laughs> so quick, and you just don't, you just don't know. So as we talking about the music side and stuff, um, tell you know, tell us a little bit about the sacrifices, because I think that this is not talked about enough. Because you know, people see the. The glory um, of a Lauren Daigle, the glory of a Blake Shelton, the glory of a Carrie Underwood, the glory of a Randy Travis, you know, all these different artists, they see the glory, but they don't see the grind, yeah. the tears, the sacrifices that it takes not to just to be their level, but to just to be at a career level. And I always like to talk about that on each episode because I don't think that people really get the sacrifices right. That an artist makes. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yes, sir, sure. Like, like for instance, uh, I didn't have the backing uh, for marketing, promotions, manufacturing of a company. Uh, I was just disciplined enough while in the military to maintain a pretty good FICO score to where when I needed uh, about $60,000 to record a live album, I was able to, to finance it myself. <laughs> Later on, God bless oh, wow. us, the way I was able to recoup that 60000 within 90 days or so. But starting out, I didn't have anything but my own, uh, the strength of my own credit, my savings account, and all investments that I had made. And I just trusted God, but I had to sacrifice allowing my daughter to go to uh, the type of school that I wanted her to go to, whereas a lot of artists mm-hmm. could go buy a, a name brand, high-end car. Mm-hmm. I had a very uh, conservative car, but those were sacrifices that I had to make. I had to kind of work at night but uh, at a security job part-time, and then I during the day I got on the radio and promoted my record. Oh, wow. So people don't know that I worked probably 18 to 20 hours a day combined, meaning working radio, talking to program directors oh, all wow. during the day, and then put on a security outfit at 6 p.m., get off at 6 o'clock the next morning, 
you know, because wow. I still had to provide for my family, but I felt yeah. that that's what uh, I was put in the earth to do, and nobody was going to help me do it. So the blood, the sweat, the tears, the financial sacrifices that was health. We didn't have health insurance when we first started out, so we trusted God. We prayed over our kids, got some blessed oil, and said, in Jesus' name, you're going to be healed whole and complete. And God <laughs> honored us, I think, because mm-hmm. we stepped out on faith. And did it, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't understand. It doesn't come without the weight and gravity of sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, that's like even like with while we're building this brand here of the Chris and Sandy show, you know, we do all this together. We do everything together. And in the evenings, we jump in our vehicle and we're delivering food yeah. for people. And, sure. and and it's funny because last night we were we were on our way to make it. I was like, can can you believe we're delivering a food here? And we've got Randy <laughs> Travis coming, and we got Randy Travis coming on our show in a week. I mean, it, it's just mind blowing. But it's one of them sacrifices we have to make, you know, while we build this. Yes. Like you said, you know, we know where we're going, and we're willing to do this, you know. So that I we can be flex have the flexibility so that we can talk to all these artists through the day. Exactly, that's right, that's right. <laughs> but I tell people, stay the course. I mean, uh, if the though the vision tarries, you know, it, it it's going to speak, it's going to come. But yeah. you just got to stay the course. Don't give up prematurely. Stay the course, man. Love that. So as we talked about the sacrifices a little bit, let's talk a a little bit about the other side, the side that everybody loves, the glory side. So when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments? And I know you've got a lot of them, but what are some special, (laughs) really special moments where you're like, wow, man, I've got, we've got to do this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was sitting in the audience at the Stellar Awards in Nashville one year, and and I had released Rain on Us, and it was not going to come out. Uh Uh, for a year or so, I was still gathering my marketing promotions and radio money. I was sitting in the audience, and, and my manager always told me, always take your tracks with you. And I knew the talent huh. coordinator who was doing the talent. Uh, for the I was, They were at the pre-show. And I was sitting there. I'm always early because the military taught us early is on time. If you show up on time, you're late. So I'm there about 25, <laughs> 30 minutes before any show starts, and I'm just sitting in the audience. And the talent uh, cat, uh, guy comes over and says, Ernest, um, are you singing? I said, no, I'm not on program. They said, do you have your track with you? I said, right here in my pocket, buddy. And he said, we, we've got an artist that is about 45 minutes out in traffic. We can't wait. Can you open oh, up wow. the pre-show? So I uh, fast forward. I opened the pre-show the next week. We got calls. We got texts. Can we please get the single? Well, I didn't have the money yet to even work the single at radio, but the program <laughs> directors and music directors, it was such a great, I guess, um, uh, outpouring of God's spirit in the month. They wanted the single immediately. So I basically got free uh, radio promotions for about nine months, which set up my record. That eventually mm-hmm. debuted number one. The record, the record itself debuted number two, but the single debuted number one. Like after wow. at the end of that nine period thing. So I'm just saying, being at the right place at the right time, the favor of God just fell. And out of all the other persons who could have gotten that great opportunity, uh, the gentleman's name was Tony Marshall. He called my name. He put me <laughs> in the spot that somebody missed. And I just felt like that was the provisional providential hand of God just saying, let me just confirm that all that you've gone through, uh, this Mm -hmm. is your payday. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, that's like, you know, there's always that saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But I always like to add one step. But, you know, I like to add one step further. It's not even really who you know. It's who knows you. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's good. Because that person knew you. Even if man doesn't know it, God knows your name. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There you go. That's even, we can take it even further. If God knows you, you know. Come on. He'll whisper in their ear and tell them, even people who are listening to your broadcast, your names are in rooms that you haven't even set your feet in yet because of God just blowing up and giving his his, uh, his endorsement. You know, when God gives his endorsement, it can't be stopped, you know, by mm-hmm. So That's like I've got a friend of mine on um, – uh, we lost him for a second, so hopefully he'll pop back in. Sandy, are you here yet? I just seen his pop up off of there. Up oh, there at me. Oh, that was Sandy. Okay, <laughs> never mind. I, I thought that was you. I seen a, a number pop off of there. Uh, okay, you didn't. Pop, my wife popped off. That's that's funny. I just seen a number. Yes, it was me. I, I got I got disconnected. And something else okay. was trying to call my phone, but, and but, but, I'm on now. <laughs> but as I was saying um, a while ago, is um, I've got a friend of mine on Facebook, and and he's kind of an agnostic slash atheist. Um, I think he wants to oh. believe, but 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 he doesn't believe. But the, I remember um, he posted something about me because I post marriage stuff all the time, and because that's where our number one priority is passion and marriage and stuff. And we're even writing a book called Broken Together about being broken in marriage. But we um, but one time he posted a marriage thing, and I commented on it. And he and he he commented on my comment. He says, "You know, when I posted this, I posted this because I thought of you." Wow. Amazing. And I was stunned because I'm sitting there like, "Wow, you know, <laughs> that's God right there. You know, God's working <laughs> yeah. through people Operation. who don't believe, but yet yeah. He's still working through them." Wow. Yep. His hand is still moving in the earth. So I just got to keep doing what I'm doing, and who knows, maybe this you – because know, I remember one time I commented on something, and I was like, I know we don't agree on everything, like like when it comes to mm-hmm. God, but we agree on a lot. And and he says, yeah. well, I'm not and, – and then that's when he made a comment. He says, now, I'm not close to there's no God. And so oh. Like, okay. <laughs> there you go. So that's a little entrance of it, a little entrance there to where you can get in and drop a little nugget, you know. Yep, yep exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to play your song God Wants to Heal. Great song. And then we're yeah. going to come back and talk about that. How does that sound? Sure, absolutely. Welcome Hey Sandy. everyone. We have partnered with <laughs> another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. <laughs> You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. 
The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at the sportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
really great song there. Praise God, yeah, man. Yeah, great song. <laughs> Thanks, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she's here now. <laughs> Fully I'm here, here now. <laughs> the little one's down for a nap, so she she's all good. <laughs> she's settled. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so tell us how that song came together. Well, I um about in 2005, I went through a very uh, traumatic, very actually near death uh, experience. Mm-hmm. I was dealing with uh, oh, wow. uh, ulcerative colitis, and I did not know that oh, wow. I had colitis. And so my body mm-hmm. was going through all these changes. I couldn't keep my strength. And so a friend of mine, Apostle Kevin Davidson, who wrote that, he said, this song is going to be the soundtrack that you need to play to really lift you up out of this infirmity. And so I played it, I played it, I played it. Uh, several months later, after I was totally healed, um, I said, I'm going to use it to, to for other people. So I put it on a record. Oh, wow. Believe it or not, I recorded this song mm-hmm. in 2008. I didn't release it to radio until 2020. So for 12 years, it's just been <laughs> in Certainly. my repertoire, and I used it for altar calls and stuff like that. But when COVID hit, we just felt that God was speaking through that song, and we released mm-hmm. it to radio, and who knew mm-hmm. it would be embraced after all these years. So thank God for his words speaking, <laughs> you know, in a timeless sense. Yeah. Wow, I love that. Wow. Um, so one one of the things we like to do on our show is, and I think that they don't get enough recognition, is talk about the team behind the artist. You know, when artists, yeah. when fans see the artist, they see the artist. They don't see the PR people, yeah. the managers, producers, and they don't get enough love, in my humble yeah. opinion. <laughs> and um, Absolutely. so I always like to give artists a couple minutes to kind of talk about the team a little bit. So if you want to tell us a little bit about the team that helps you be who you are. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, I have these prayer warriors, and we get together every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we just put our ear to the ground just to see what God is saying in the earth because there's so much we can write, so much we can say, mm-hmm. but really for God's will to be manifested on earth. You know, what's happening in heaven, we want that to be manifested on earth. So my prayer warriors really keep me spiritually grounded. Musically, I always call together my team. Mike Burrell has produced 10 of the 12 albums that I put out. Keith Williams is my a creative. So I'll start out with, say, a poem. See, I write down a poem, and it's rhyming, but uh-huh. I don't play an instrument. So I then have to say, okay, guys, take my me- my melody here. Let's maybe put a, a verse, a hook, a vamp. And so between Keith and Mike Burrell, putting it all together, we didn't call it a band. And after that, we test it out. I go through about five minutes to the music friends of mine. I would back in before COVID. You know, they call it B.C., and like before COVID, yeah. before COVID uh, <laughs> we, would fly, we would fly into their midweek services and test the music out uh, in the atmosphere and just do it. And that's our process. We, we, we write it and all that. But if we come back and we feel that the vamp is not strong enough or the hook is not strong enough, my team will say, hey, I didn't really see the corporate worship response like mm-hmm. I know you want. We may need to change yeah. the lyric content, the key, or something like that. So it's not just me. I'm the one out front, but it's a whole village that really holds up my hands. Uh, like yeah. Moses had Aaron. I've got team mm-hmm. and they keep mm-hmm. me really grounded and balanced. I, I love that. And, you know, talking about the God wants to heal, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me almost 13 years ago. And you know, and and I I will never forget that day, December twenty sixth, oh seven. I reached out to God, 
and I was like um, pleading, and I didn't ask for God to take the um, to help me quit the alcohol and drugs. My plea was take the desire away, because I, oh, wow. I felt like I couldn't be one of these people that could go day to day with you know through like celebrate recovery or AA. Nothing against yeah. those, but I knew my personality. That just was not me. I needed that desire gone, and I was at the end of my rope where. I was like, you know, it's either you take the desire away or it's time to take my life. You know, I was I felt like she was deserved so much more. I was destroying the marriage because the first five years of, mar- of the marriage was really hecked for her because of those addictions. But, you know, she never put me down. She never nagged me. She uplifted me. And sometimes wow. people will tell us when we tell our story that she allowed me to walk over her. And I have to explain, no, she allowed me to experience God's pure mm. love through her. Big difference. Yeah. If it weren't for that, I wouldn't be alive. But I remember on that morning, I I was there, and I felt like God says, give him 30 days. Now, I'm sitting there like, okay, now I'm going crazy. You're God. You know, why do you need 30 days to heal me? And, and I'm sitting there like, okay, is that the enemy? T-? Now I'm like, okay, I'm like, now I need a straitjacket. I'm really like freaking – I'm almost freaking <laughs> out. But what I didn't really understand then that I understand now is every miracle in the Bible was preceded with some form of obedience. Yes, absolutely. My obedience was those first 30 days. After that, he would heal me the rest of my life, and, I have had, and I've had zero desire since. Wow, look at God, the way he moved. Only he, only yeah. God. Yep, exactly. Only God. I hope. I mean, I could tell story after story after story with our marriages. Like, okay, um, it's all uh, that's God. I mean, like, sometimes we're like, okay, you're out oh, doing yeah. yourself now. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's good, man. So, um, as we move to, um, we're t- since we're talking about the team a little bit, you know. We have a third party kind of to a team, you know, a co-host, a third co-host, as I always say. Uh, our little eight-year-old, we always allow him to come on and ask one question. So Sandy's going to get him on real quick. Oh, and wow. we've got an eight, we've got an eighteen-month-old, and when she gets old enough, we'll be plugging her in the show. Because to be honest, our show is a family affair. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <clears throat> Keeping the family together. That's the only way for us to do it, you know, and Sandy's getting that yeah. thing right now. But. Here's Christopher with his question. <laughs> Hi, Arya. Christopher in the food. Hi, Christopher. Say it again. What's your favorite food? Turkey and dressing, man. Mm. <laughs> and you got to have That's cranberry it. sauce. Awesome. <laughs> and what's yours? Pizza. Oh wow, which pizza? Pepperoni. There you go. You gotta have the pepperonis. My pepperonis <laughs> yep. make life a better makes the world a better place to live. There we go. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Bye, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we usually get Little Caesars pizza, so I always, I always joke. It's like, well, you know what? Maybe I should reach out to Little Caesars and see if they'll sponsor <laughs> our show. Because cause right. he can say, yeah. when, when he answers the question, what's his? Like he can say, Little Caesars pizza. 
<laughs> yes. Make it a little business partner. I love yep. it. And, and it wouldn't and it wouldn't be lying because that is. So <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Okay, we always get. There you go. <laughs> so if you could co write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, I would want to do uh, Stevie Wonder if I did a co-write. Oh, wow. And I would want to write about, uh, like, the, our current times, you know, with the uh, all the things that are going on with the marches and mm-hmm. just yeah. with the civil unrest. I would really like to I'd, – I'd like to sit down with somebody like that if I co-wrote. That would be really good. And, we were in, and he'd have time. to sing. Yeah, man. <laughs> and he'd have to sing at least a, one of the verses. Oh, wow. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> so um, let's say you had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing. And let's say there's definitely something special there. They do got something. You know, so they're not – because, you know, there are some people who think they got something, and they don't. But this one really does. Mm-hmm. And, and let's say they've played maybe 20, 30, 40 shows, and they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. Mm. Um, and let's say that they've gotten on stage and they and they got what every artist says that stage bug where they look over the crowd, the crowd's cheering for them, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, and they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. Now, what advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Oh wow, that's a very good question. Um, I would say to them um, to really. No, but no, but no, but no, what your ministry approach is going to be. Like, don't be mm-hmm. uh, moved by the crowd and all that, but stick to the message or stick to the style. Really stick to uh, be uh, unapologetically yourself because what you bring to the table, I think, uh, unequivocally defines uh, and refines your purpose in the earth. We already have a mm-hmm. Kirk Franklin. We already have a, uh, a Beyonce. We got all these people who have made their mm-hmm. impact and mark on the world, but God will use their unique personality, their humor, and even their testimony in life uh, to reach people mm-hmm. that some people like me would never be able to reach. Yeah. Yeah, just be authentically so, yourself. So as you look down to the future, 10, 15 years, whatever it is, if you could meet your future self, what would you tell him? Oh, I would say keep investing money. Invest, invest, invest. <laughs> Spend less, invest more. Because, <laughs> because you know, because you know, everybody usually, because everybody always asks, who, what, what would you say your past self? I always like to go to the future. Who, what would you say to your future? Yeah, self? yeah. I like to be different. Stuff, I say, man. Yeah, build a build a heritage and leave yeah. a legacy. Awesome. I, I love that. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> so what are so what are the moments? You know, every artist goes through these moments, and I'm sure you have too, to where there's a fork in the road. You're frustrated. You feel you feel like it's you're at a brick wall, and you're put and you're pushing hard, and just nothing's there. It don't seem like that ball's ever going to come down. What? How do you drive through the? What drives you to get through those times? Because every artist has those moments where they could. Where, where they could quit or they could move on. Mm-hmm. I think when you think of the impact um, of, of how you're helping people, 
Uh, you always mm-hmm. hear about people, oh, man, that's and it's always that song that you have the least confidence in. But I think when you look at the impact that you're making, like the testimonies that are written and letters that you receive, uh, and even the souls that you watch come at the end um, of the concert, I think things like that is what keep me going. It's like, you know what, I'm oh, doing wow. this. Um, I'm helping people. And so mm-hmm. not about, you know, really being a star unless you're a, spa, a star like the star of Bethlehem that pointing people to Jesus, you can do that part. But <laughs> being yeah. a superstar, being a celebrity, to me, that's the that's the least of it. It should be just what impact. Who's going to get to heaven and they say, you know what, I got to heaven because of Sandy or I got to heaven because of, of, of Ernest, you know, in, in his life. Mm-hmm. So that's always, mm-hmm. I think, the, the thing that keeps me uh, with an unction to function and a fire with desire. Love that. Yeah. So when you look at all the songs you've done, what is the song that means the most and why? I, that's the song that talks about, um, about it talks about I need your glory. It's really just crying out and saying like how Moses was like, you know, all these other people, you know, remember when they had turned their back on God and stuff, and he was like, well, I mean, mm-hmm. me, no, I, I really want, I want you to show me your glory. But the other people had kind of stopped taking up the false gods. And so in life, um, people can want cars, they can want houses, they can want a lot of material things. But for me, I've mm-hmm. always wanted God to just reveal his glory because I grew up as a PK and I was very familiar with God. But I, yeah. just the miracles and stuff, I had seen so much happen. But in my personal life, I had not seen anything. So growing up, trying to really walk in the reality of being a Christian and not listening to what my mom said or my grandma, I wanted my own experience. So I would say that as a kid, but I didn't know the, the really the revelation behind me saying, you know, show me your glory. If, if you're real, you know. Let me see the reality yeah. of serving you. Mm-hmm. And that's what my favorite song is now when I ask for it. Um, you know, now that I have a revelation of what that all is, it just means more to me than anybody else's experience. I personally have been able to see the manifested presence of God. And so that's the, that's the whole thing. Love that. You, you know, you're talking about being a PK. Um, say, you know, when S- Sandy was able to, Get through those beginning years, and I think a part of it has to do with she's a PK. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. My dad was a pastor of a small church uh, for 40 years be- before he passed away in 2014. Oh, wow! And so you got your you cut your teeth in ministry early, too, huh? I guess, <laughs> yep, <laughs> grew up in that church, <laughs> and it's funny. Because it's funny because she grew up in a church of about 100 people, and we we now attend a church of 8,000 people. Oh, yes. wow. Which church do you attend with 8,000 people? Hey, everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton. Just want to let you know that this is the end of the show. Um, Ernest Pugh, phone went dead. Again, darn technology, right? But you know what? That's life. That's how you got to deal with it. You got to roll with it. Just like this year, 2020, we all had to roll with what all is going on. And you know what? We're all making it work. Um, we got a great schedule for you next week if you want to check in. And next Saturday, we've got Randy Travis coming on. We're definitely excited about that. We've got some great ones through the week that are rising. It's really awesome because our show is about rising artists. And again, until next time, we'll see you Monday.